0: Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Wetcomb. Danielle Edmonds was in a desperate condition financially. Her husband had died, leaving her to care for their three children on her own. She did the best she could. But she did not earn much money as a cleaner in a large company. In fact, things got so bad that at a point in time, she and her three children could barely eat and they were in danger of losing their home. One day, as Danielle was preparing to go to work, she prayed and asked God to help her. And later that day, she was given the task of training a new worker as a cleaner, a man named Jeff. As Danielle and Jeff worked that day, they talked about their lives, their families, and their struggles. She even told Jeff about her dream to one day own her own home. It seemed like an ordinary conversation, and Danielle didn't think much about it at the end of the day. But what Danielle didn't know was who she was talking to. As it turned out, Jeff was more than a co-worker. He was more than just a man she was training as a cleaner at her workplace. He was, in fact, Jeff Duden, the CEO of AdvantaClane, the very company Danielle worked for. You see, Jeff Duden had gone undercover to work as a cleaner at the company he owned. It was part of the reality TV show called Undercover Boss, Jeff wanted to see what was really happening in his company at the ground level and to know the struggles, commitment, and performance of his employees. So Jeff had taken off his business suit and tie and put on jeans and a t-shirt. He put on eyeglasses and a fake beard so that no one would recognize him. And the CEO went to work as a trainee under Danielle Edmonds. Danielle didn't know who she was talking to, but because she was a committed, hard-working employee, she gave her best effort every day. She showed Jeff Duden how to clean and how to do her job well. She talked to Jeff from her heart and told him things she probably would not have told him if she knew he was her boss. And her conversation with Jeff Duden proved more significant than she could have imagined. A few months after meeting Jeff, Danielle was taken to the television studio for Undercover Boss. And there, in front of the TV cameras and the audience, Jeff Duden revealed his true identity to Danielle. And Jeff started rewarding Danielle for her hard work. He sent her family on an all-expense-paid vacation. He gave her a promotion and better pay at AdvantiClean. And best of all, Jeff helped Danielle buy her very own home. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the true story of Danielle Edmonds. We often pray as if we don't really recognize who we're talking to. We may pray about our lives, our family, and our dreams, and then go on with our day as if nothing will change. But when you pray in faith, your prayers are more than just words. Prayer is a conversation with God Almighty, our Creator, the Maker of heaven and earth. Prayer is talking to our Father in heaven. And if you really know you're talking to your Father in Heaven, you will pray from your heart with childlike faith. When you know you're talking to God Almighty, you'll believe in His power to help you. When you know who you're talking to in prayer, you will pray differently. That's the lesson we're going to learn today in our sermon titled, Our Father in Heaven. We're going to discover the three steps Jesus taught us to follow in order to get powerful results when we pray. But before we learn more, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that you are our Father in heaven. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Daddy, for sending your son Jesus to save us and to bring us back home to you as sons and daughters. I ask today, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. I ask that you'll give us childlike faith. I ask that you'll teach us what it means to pray to our Father in heaven. We submit to you right now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit. The power to bring us light and life and help from heaven as we pray. We thank you by faith now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I want to invite you to take a moment and join your faith with mine right now. Just put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth For Today. It's great to have you with me as we conclude our sermon series, P-R-A-Y, Pray. Powerful results await you. Over the last few weeks, God has been stirring us to pray and teaching us the secrets of the secret place. The fact is, God wants to give you powerful results when you pray. So let's take just a moment or two and review what we've learned so far. Our series began with the sermon, The Power of Prayer. We discovered the amazing story of Joshua and his prayer for the sun to stand still. When our powerful faith aligns with our powerful God, we are guaranteed powerful results. Then last week, we were challenged to always pray and never give up in the message, don't stop praying. No matter how long it takes, delay is not denial, and God works in the delay to bring us good. And that brings us to our third and final sermon in this series. I believe God is going to revolutionize our prayer lives today as we focus on the relationship that is essential for successful prayer. You see, when you look at what Jesus taught us about prayer, you realize that he gives us clear truth about who we pray to. He doesn't just teach us how to pray. He doesn't just tell us what to pray for. Jesus' teaching on prayer also focuses on who We pray too. That's why the very first time Jesus taught on prayer in Matthew chapter 6, he said, Therefore, pray in this manner, our Father who is in heaven. So Jesus' first teaching on prayer teaches us that when we pray, we're talking to our Father in heaven. And when you grasp the significance of that fact, it will revolutionize your prayer life. Now, I know this can be a difficult truth for some of us to get a hold of. If you didn't have a father growing up, you don't know the benefits and blessings of having a father. If your father was distant or cruel or harsh or apathetic, then you will have a distorted view of your father in heaven. If you were raised in a polygamous home or a non Christian home, your experiences as a child will influence your view of fatherhood and can even hinder your relationship with God. But no matter the earthly father you had, there are basic understandings of who a father is and what he's supposed to do. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord will work in you today to give you enlightenment and understanding about God our Father. I pray that God will heal you from the distorted views of fatherhood. And I ask God to open your eyes today to see the spiritual realm and receive a divine revelation of the Father God. Because knowing who you're talking to, knowing that you're talking to your Father in Heaven will change the way you approach prayer. A true understanding of fatherhood will guide you to successful prayer. That's why Jesus taught us to pray to our Father in Heaven. In Matthew 6, 9-13, our Lord gives us the famous prayer we call the Lord's Prayer. Listen carefully to his greatest teaching on prayer. Jesus said, Therefore, pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. I love this powerful and moving prayer. It's prayed all around the world every day, and I'm sure you've prayed it yourself. But the fact is, this is more than just a prayer itself. This magnificent prayer not only guides us, but it also teaches us principles of prayer. So today, let me give you three steps that will guide you every day in prayer to your Heavenly Father. And here's your first step for effective prayer. Begin with honor. The first step in successful prayer is to begin with honoring your Father in heaven. For Jesus said in verses 9 and 10, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The fact is a father must be honored. The Bible commands us to honor our fathers in Exodus 20 verse 12 when it says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So if God commands us to honor our earthly fathers, how much more must we honor our Father in heaven? For the truth is, our Father in heaven is worthy of even greater honor than any earthly dad. That's why Revelation 4.11 says, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. And this is what you must recognize when you pray. When you pray, you're talking to your Father who's worthy of honor. When you pray, you're talking to the one who made you. You didn't have anything without God. You don't have anything. Nothing exists without God your Father. You don't have life. You don't have breath. You don't have pleasure. You don't have wealth. You don't have anything without your Father in heaven. It all comes from Him. He's the one who even gives you the ability to create wealth if you trust in your own strength, your own cleverness, or your own wisdom, or your own talents, or anything else about yourself, then you are deceived. For God can take it away from you in a moment and leave you empty and devoid of anything good. And if you stop and think about the greatness of the God you're talking to in prayer, you will begin by giving him the highest honor. That's why Isaiah, the prophet, said in Isaiah 25, "O oh Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. He deserves all the honor, and we must hallow his name and praise him forever. But here's the truth you need to remember today in order to get results when you pray. Worship is more than words. Worship isn't just singing and praising and praying. Honor goes beyond words. It involves what you do that's why Jesus taught us to pray hallowed be your name and then immediately after that he said your kingdom come your will be done so here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today you can't hallow his name if you don't submit to his reign That was the problem with the people in Jesus' day. They sang God's praises in the temple, but dishonored him with their actions. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8-9, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. In other words, the people talked the talk, but they didn't walk the walk. They hallowed his name with their words, but didn't submit to his reign. And this is still the problem on earth today. We come to church and sing praises to God, but dishonor him with our behavior. We say, Lord, I praise you. Jesus, I love you. But our hearts are not with God. If you worship in song and disobey God in your conduct, you don't really honor God your father. We know this to be true even in the earthly relationships we have. If you bow down and scrape the floor every time your boss enters the room and you say, sir, five times in every sentence, oh, good morning, sir, how are you, sir? Good to see you, sir. What can I do for you, sir? And you carry his bag and open his door. Yet you don't do what he tells you to do at work. You're not showing honor to your boss. You're just pretending. Some people show a lot of respect to me outwardly when I'm around, but when I leave, they gossip about me behind my back. That's not honor. That's hypocrisy. And so it is in prayer. You can't hallow his name if you don't submit to his reign. That's the lesson we learn from Pheasant Island in Europe. Pheasant Island is a very small island in the middle of the Bidasoa River. The Bidasoa River provides the boundary between the nations of Spain and France. And Pheasant Island is in the middle of the river that shows the boundary between Spain and France. Well, you can imagine the trouble this island used to cause between Spain and France. Both countries claimed Pheasant Island as their own. And sometimes, depending on how the river flowed, the island seemed to be on one side or the other. But way back in 1659, Spain and France reached an agreement. They decided that for six months every year, Spain would rule Pheasant Island, then for the next six months, France would rule. And so, for the last 362 years, Pheasant Island has switched nations every six months. To this day, it's Spanish half the year and French the other half. When it's Spanish, the flag of Spain flies, and they speak Spanish, and they honor the Spanish king. When it's French, the flag of France flies, and they speak French, and they honor the French prime minister and president. And that's how many Christians behave. They switch allegiance anytime they want to. We praise God on Sunday and complain on Monday. We give him glory on Tuesday and gossip on Wednesday. We read our Bible on Thursday and party like the devil on Friday. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. But you can't honor your father and fly his flag if you're not under his kingdom. You can't hallow his name if you don't submit to his reign. That's why 1 Peter 1, 7 says, You pray to God and call him father, but he will judge everyone the same way by what they do. So while you're visiting here on earth you should live with respect for God. In other words you have to honor God with what you do and how you live. If you want to be successful in prayer you have to understand that it's not just the words you say that make your prayer successful. It's the life You live. You have to worship with your words and worship with your work. You have to honor God with your song and honor God with your service. You can't pretend to praise Him on Sunday just because you want an answer to prayer. You have to submit to Him. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done in my life, O Lord. For when you honor God the Father in your words and your actions, it's the essential first step in answered prayer. When you honor God with your worship, And your work, you attract the attention of heaven. God begins to move on your behalf even before you finish praying. That's the lesson we learned from a man in the Bible named Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman army officer. Yet he shows us how honoring God leads to answered prayer. He not only gave worship with his words, he also gave worship through his actions. And as a result, Cornelius had powerful results when he prayed. In fact, in Acts ten four, the Bible tells us about an angelic visitation to Cornelius. Listen to what the angel said. The angel said to him, God has heard your prayers and has seen your gifts to the poor. He remembers you and all you have done. So Cornelius giving got God's attention. He honored God through giving and God heard his prayers and rewarded him. His actions of honor led to powerful results. But the opposite is also true. If you shout the biggest praise, but you dishonor God with your actions, then you actually limit what God will do in your life. Dishonor limits God. Dishonor isn't just a refusal to enter into worship. Dishonor is displayed when you value other things more than God. Dishonor is seen in respecting things and people more than respecting God. That's what happened to the people from Jesus' own hometown of Nazareth. In Mark 6, 1-5, listen to what the Bible says. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and all the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Ha! He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, listen carefully, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Jesus was hindered in helping the people because they dishonored him and refused to believe in him. They scoffed at him and doubted him and all their prayers and praises fell to the ground useless because they didn't truly honor God. When you fail to value God in your daily life, you limit his help. When you fail to respect God through faith in your response to him, you hinder his miraculous power from helping you. When you honor your boss more than God, you dishonor God. When you honor your husband or wife more than God, you dishonor God. So don't hinder God, honor him. For when you bring him praise and worship, it opens the heavens of blessings. When you honor him with your conduct, he will hear you. For God says in 1 Samuel 2.30, I will honor those who honor me. When you honor God, God honors you. When you worship God, he makes a way for you. When you praise God, he provides for you. When you live for God, he lifts you up. When you give him glory, he gives you grace. When you shout praises to God, he surrounds you. For your praise brings God's presence. Psalm 22.3 says, You are holy, you who inhabit the praises of Israel. In other words, when you praise, God's presence comes down and dwells with you. When you lift him up, God descends into your situation. And when God's presence comes, your enemies flee. When God's glory comes, your problems disappear. When God sits with you and lives in you, then you will see powerful results when you pray, when you focus first on God's honor, then you're always in a position for his help. And that's the second step in successful prayer. You've got to ask for help. Jesus takes us to the next element in successful prayer by reminding us that fathers are not just the people we honor, they are the people we depend upon for help. That's why our prayer continues in verses 11 to 13. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Consider what Jesus is now directing us to pray. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Once you've begun with honor, you're now in a position to ask for help. It's an easy transition from honoring your father asking for his help. Fathers are people we honor and fathers are people we depend on for help. And here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. It honors your heavenly father when you depend upon him for help. Listen to what David said in Psalm 31:3. You are my rock and my fortress for the honor of your name lead me out of this danger. So David tied God's honor to his help. Again, in Psalm twenty-five eleven, David said, for the honor of your name, Lord, forgive my many, many sins. In other words, when you go to God for help, for deliverance, for provision, for forgiveness, and when you depend upon him, you are honoring him. Answers to prayer bring God glory. For God delights to answer us in our time of need. God is glorified when we seek him for his help. And when we focus on his honor, we are guaranteed his help. Your earthly father may not have helped you much, but your heavenly father wants to help you. You are valuable to him. That's why Jesus taught us in Matthew 6:26 and 27, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You are valuable to God the father. Just put your hand on your chest and say, I am valuable to my father in heaven. He loves you more than anything. And when you know you're talking to a loving, caring Father God, then you can have confidence in seeking his help. Maybe you had an earthly father who cared for you and loved you, but no matter how great your dad on earth was, he cannot compare to your heavenly father. There have been a lot of hero fathers in the world. There have been a lot of great men who did great things for their children, but none from Adam to now can compare to the greatness and the love of our Heavenly Father. The father of Patrick Henry Hughes did a lot for his son. Patrick Henry Hughes was born blind and unable to walk, but his father did not abandon him. His father did not neglect him. In fact, the father of Patrick Henry Hughes decided to dedicate himself to help his son. So he gave up his corporate job and took the night shift at a factory So he could be home in the daytime to help his blind son. And because of his father's help, Patrick Henry Hughes became a successful musician and author. Even though he's blind and can't walk, he wrote a book called I Am Potential. His father's sacrifice helped him reach his potential. Patrick Henry Hughes' father did a lot for him, but God the Father gave up more than that for you. He sent his son to leave heaven and come to help you. He sent his spirit to fill you and empower you so you could reach your full potential. And God the Father is always listening to your prayers, working to help you every day in every way. That's why Psalm 103.13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. The father of Felix Yeboah did a lot for his son. When Felix was just 14 years old, he needed a new kidney in order to live. So Felix's father, Michael, donated his own kidney to save the life of his son. But your God, your father in heaven did more than that for you. He gave up his own son, Jesus. He laid down his entire life so that you might have life. That's why First John 3, 1 says, see how very much our father loves us for he calls us his children and that is what we are. The father of Joseph Adams did a lot for his son. Thirteen-year-old Joseph Adams was sitting on the front veranda of their home in Detroit, USA, when someone down the street started shooting. A man was firing an AK-47 at a car, and bullets were flying everywhere. But when Joseph's father, David Adams, heard the gunfire outside his house, he remembered his son was outside. So David Adams ran outside and threw himself in front of his son The father blocked his son and took two bullets. David Adams died protecting his son, Joseph. Police say David's actions surely saved the life of his son, Joseph Adams. But God the father did more than that for you the eternal God died for you so that you could live. He took the penalty of sin so you could live. That's why John 3.16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life and all the earthly fathers combined have not done for their children what our heavenly father has done for us. All the fathers from Adam till now cannot compare with our heavenly father. He's done so much more your heavenly father is willing to help you your heavenly father wants to help you and your heavenly father is able to help you in fact he's able to do more than anyone more than we could ask or think more than we could imagine more than we need for luke 137 says god can do anything his help is greater than any other help for the fact is his kingdom rules over all his power knows no limits his glory shines brighter than any other. And that brings us to our third element of talking to your Father. Build your heritage. See, Jesus concludes his foundational teaching on prayer with these words in Matthew 6, 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus brings us back to honor and praise God, but he's not just closing the prayer with praise. He's giving us a faith declaration. He leads us to confess God's mighty power and glory. And he uses this final prayer section to engage us in our roles as heirs of God's kingdom. See, the fact is, Jesus wants us to remember that when we pray, we are actively participating with God in the spread of his kingdom. When we talk to our Father in heaven, we are appealing to his power and releasing that power through our words and through our faith. When we pray, we are giving God glory and work working with him to spread that glory around the earth. For the fact is God has chosen to share his kingdom with us. He's chosen to impart his power to us and he's chosen to involve us in advancing his glory on earth. This is what Jesus tells us in Luke 12 31 and 32. God will always give you All you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Prayer is participating with your father in his business. See, my heavenly father is the CEO of the universe, He has a business, and it's a family business. Every one of his children is involved in the company. We're all partakers of his kingdom. And the most basic and the most fundamental way we work in our father's business is when we pray. When you pray, you're working in your father's company. When you pray, you're working in daddy's business. And that business of your father is your inheritance. It's your birthright as a child of God. Prayer actually builds up your own heritage. It's not just a way to meet your needs and talk to God. It's also part of your destiny. For the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1.11, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we've received an inheritance from God. From the moment you gave your life to Christ, you became a partaker in his kingdom. God's riches in Christ are your inheritance now. That's why Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. And prayer releases the power and the glory of God's kingdom from you to the world. When you pray to your father, you praise him. Father, yours is the kingdom. And you activate that kingdom. You pray, let your kingdom come. I declare your royal rule over my body. I declare your royal rule over my family. I ask you to activate your power to heal the sick and cast out devils. I declare your lordship over my nation and ask you to reveal your glory to my people. I declare your power, God, over Satan. And I stand as your child and your heir to bind the devil in the name of Jesus. I act is your agent today father and i command enemy be silent go in the name of jesus when you know you're talking to your father in prayer you engage in spiritual warfare you pull down the strongholds of the enemy and silence his opposition you loose and release the power of the father from heaven to this earth you prevail in prayer and nations are transformed and lives are changed for this is our heritage as sons and daughters of our father. Isaiah 54:17 says no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me declares the Lord. So talking to your father is participating with him now to advance his kingdom. And prayer is preparation for your future inheritance in God's kingdom. See, we have God's kingdom in us now, but there's still more to come. There's still a greater inheritance that will be revealed to us, a greater reward for God's children. Now we see in part, but one day soon we will see face to face. Now we see a glimpse of our future glory, but one day soon we will see it all. We're in God's kingdom now, but the best is yet to come. That's why Jesus taught us in Matthew 25, 31 to 34. He said, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will separate the people. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. I want to declare to you today, God has a great heritage for you. He's destined you to rule and reign with him in the ages to come. He's invested in you for a purpose. He's shared his victory and his authority with you so that you and I could join him in managing his universe and reigning on the throne. That's why Revelation 5, 9 and 10 says, Your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you've caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on the earth. You and I are destined to reign with God as his children. We are heirs of the kingdom and joint heirs with Jesus and prayer, talking to your father, reminds you of your heritage and your destiny. It gets you in on the ground floor to begin participating with your father in the business of his kingdom. That's why when you know you're talking to your father in heaven, it makes all the difference in how you pray. When you know you're talking to your father, you pray with honor. When you know you're talking to your father, you're unashamed to ask for his help. And when you know you're talking to your father, You pray knowing that it is your heritage to extend his kingdom, to impart his power, and to magnify his glory on the earth. So, let's do that together right now. Let's all pray together as Jesus taught us to pray to our Father in heaven. Would you just say the Lord's Prayer with me? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message reverend richard c whitcomb is the senior pastor of agape house new testament church in east agon if you are ever in accra we would like you to worship with us on saturday night at 6 p.m or on sunday at 7 30 9 30 or 11 30 a.m you will have an awesome experience